Hello, I'm John Stanford, Acting Technical Director of the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board, welcoming you to the latest edition of its audio podcast. The Ipsasby has just finished its meeting held between September the 22nd and September the 25th in Toronto, Canada. Today we'll be joined by Ipsasby Chair Andreas Bergman and Senior Technical Manager Gwenda Jensen, who will review key developments. Thanks to both of you for being here. I'd like to start by asking Andreas to provide some opening thoughts on this latest meeting, including the two exposure graphs that were approved and progress on other projects. Thank you, John. Uh, this meeting was really a meeting which uh, was uh, sort of uh, finishing up on a number of issues which are rather small, but getting started on, on a number of large projects. The, the smaller issues we finished up uh, is the impairment of revalued assets. Uh, that's an issue which came up uh, by those using our standards that there is an ambiguity between our asset standards and our impairment standards. And uh, we are looking for a way to resolve this and propose some small changes uh, to both uh, standards. So that's an exposure draft we, we're going to issue in short time with a common period until mid-January 2016. The other uh, topic is the improvements. Uh, we also issue an exposure draft with the same common period, uh, January 15, 2016. And like in other years, uh, we are having four sections in the improvements project. The first section is dealing with some immediate consequences of the conceptual framework, uh, especially in the area of qualitative characteristics. Uh, we're going to look at uh, some immediate changes. The second section is IPSA-specific changes, uh, which are really not major, which uh, do not have to be consulted on in a separate project. And the same is uh, holding true for GFS and IFRS changes, uh, which are small enough to be dealt with in an improvement project. So we also issue this omnibus uh, exposure draft on improvements. Then we uh, made good progress on the cash basis review. Uh, as you remember from earlier podcasts, uh, IPSUS B is currently looking again at the only cash basis standard uh, because it needs some revisions, some updates, also based on the feedback we got from our constituency. Uh, and there we are right now in the middle of uh, drafting the exposure draft. The second one I would like to mention is public sector combinations, uh, which is a project that has been on the work plan for a number of years, but we are now really fairly close to issuing an exposure draft. Uh, this is likely to be the case in our December meeting uh, in three months' time. Thank you, Andreas. And just to note that the two exposure drafts that Andreas mentioned will be available on the website around the middle of next month. Joining us for the first time on the podcast is Senior Technical Manager Gwenda Jensen. Gwenda will give us an overview of discussion regarding emissions trading schemes. Welcome, Gwenda. Thank you, John. Well, the board discussed three issues with respect to emissions trading schemes, and these discussions are leading to the development of a consultation paper on this topic. First, the board noted the ongoing relationship between this project and the International Accounting Standards Board project on the same topic. Staff for each board are working collaboratively, although 
the exaggerated focus is different from the ISD one. We focus on the administrator side, while the IASB looks at what happens on the scheme participant side. The aim is to find a coherent accounting approach that will make sense for both the scheme administrator and the participants when looked at from their different perspectives. The IASB discussion paper is now scheduled for approval in 2016, and the ITSASI paper will follow the same timetable. Second, the board reviewed a draft description of the public policy objectives of an emissions trading scheme. The administrator's policy objectives are important context for the accounting treatment and help to understand the economic impact of an ETF. This description will be developed into a background paper available to inform future discussions. Third, the board discussed alternative accounting approaches for ETS administrators. This discussion built on the previous one and looked at the implications of those public policy objectives and their possible economic impacts. The board emphasised that the different ways in which emission allowances are issued and received by participants is important in terms of understanding their significance. And also emphasised that whatever accounting treatments are developed as alternatives should be viewed over the variety of different schemes that exist worldwide and note that those schemes may evolve going forward. So the next step for this project is another issues paper going to the December meeting and the staff will also revise the description of public policy objectives and transform it into a background paper. Thank you, Gwenda. Another project that you're working on, which is of great significance for the board, is heritage assets. That's an area where we did do some work around about a decade ago in collaboration with the then United Kingdom Accounting Standards Board, but we weren't actually to finalise changes to our standard on property, plant and equipment, IPSAS 17. The strategy and work plan consultation that we carried out last year emphasised again the importance of this issue to constituents, so it's good news that we started at this meeting with a discussion of the issues. Gwenda, could you tell us about some of the issues that the board deliberated on? Thanks, John. Yes, well, this is a lovely topic to be involved in, the one of heritage assets, and this was the board's first discussion, as you pointed out, after approving this new project in June. So we're heading towards a consultation paper, but we have some meetings to get through uh, and talk about these very deep issues first. Um, so at this meeting, the board discussed four issues, a proposed description of heritage items, the way the project will focus on different particular categories of items, and whether heritage items can be assets. The board indicated support for a description of heritage items, and that the description is a work in progress, that it's expected to be, these items are those that are expected to be held for the benefit of present and future generations and preserved indefinitely because of their rarity, importance and or significance. 
These items can range from historic buildings and artworks to conservation lands and even living people who have special skills of particular value for their community. So this is a very broad group and the board next plans to discuss specific types of heritage items and whether financial reporting is appropriate for those types. During this discussion, the board also considered application of the conceptual framework definition for assets to heritage items and considered the arguments for and against whether or not heritage items could be assets. This is an ongoing discussion and the board's direction was to look at this again in terms of specific, specific groups of heritage items. So again, for this project, another issues paper is planned for the board December meeting. Thank you, Gwenda. And it will certainly be interesting over the next few months to follow progress on that important project. Andreas, could I now turn to you and ask you to give us an update on governance and other significant recent issues affecting the board? Thanks, John. Uh, yes, indeed. As you know from earlier podcasts, uh, this year, 2015, is the first year uh, we have a public interest committee, which is composed of representatives from the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, uh, OECD, as well as InterSign which looks at the activities of IPSSP and takes the role of an oversight committee. Uh, this public interest committee had its second meeting recently and uh, we were able to update the board uh, about uh, this meeting. Uh, it was also a great pleasure to have uh, Delphine Moretti with us. Uh, she is part of the PIC secretariat and was also contributing to this update. What happened at this meeting is that for the first time uh, the Ipsos B chair, so that's me, had to report on the first semester of board activities. So uh, I reported obviously on the various projects we had been working on in the first half of 2015, uh, but really stressed uh, probably the most important one, which was social benefits. This report, I'm glad to say, was received uh, very uh, supportively uh, by all PIC members. Uh, the second topic was strategy and work plan. Uh, remember, uh, we issued a new strategy based on an extensive consultation uh, and also developed a work plan based on this new strategy. The strategy was also strongly welcomed by uh, the members of the Public Interest Committee uh, and we received a few comments about the work plan which we now take into consideration and which might lead to some adjustments though not any uh, very very significant changes of the work plan we have published. We also talked about the nomination process and uh, the public interest committee is of course uh, also looking at this process which is very important uh, for Ipsos B. Uh, and it also looks at talking about processes at the due process, so how we reflect public interest in our work as a standard setter uh, and how this can be best monitored uh, by the public interest committee. So we had extensive discussions also about these processes and uh, we are looking forward to bring in place uh, these processes in, in due course. Finally, uh, we also discussed that the composition and uh, the way of working of the 
consultative advisory group, which will be the final element of the new governance structure, which is likely to be coming in place in 2016. Uh, th that's about it uh, in terms of the public interest committee, but I'm really excited uh, to make another announcement. Um, my successor has been appointed recently by the IFAC board. It's going to be Ian Carruthers. Uh, Ian Carruthers is, of course, well known to the board and uh, probably to many of the listeners of this podcast. Ian Carruthers has been serving Ipsos B as a member for almost six years now uh, and is also uh, working in various areas of public financial management as a director of SIPFA in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm obviously very happy to have uh, Ian as a very competent uh, successor in this important role. Uh, Ian will take office on 1st of January 2016 uh, and is initially elected for a three-year term. Thank you, Andreas. So exciting and challenging times for IPSASB. Well, we've come to the end of this September 2015 IPSASB audio podcast. I'd like to thank IPSASB Chair Andreas Bergman and Senior Technical Manager Gwenda Jensen for being our guests today. The next IPSASB meeting will be between December the 8th and December the 11th, 2015 in Toronto, Canada. Meetings of the IPSASB are open and members of the public may register as observers. Please make sure to register as early as possible for observer status for the upcoming December 2015 meeting as registration closes one week prior to the start. More information is available at www.ipsasb.org. All audio podcast meeting highlights are available in the meetings section of the Ipsasb website and on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Ipsasb underscore news. On behalf of the Ipsasb, thank you for listening. I'm John Stanford and I invite you to join us again in December.